0: Set your church on fire. Bring this nation back. I'll tell you what. That's what we need to pray right now. And I'm going to ask uh, Terry Miller to lead us in word of prayer. But also, we have a special prayer request. A lady named Jennifer uh, Scott. That's all. I don't know her last name. Uh, it was in a car hit by a truck uh, that was hauling cement, a load of concrete, and she has 18 broken ribs. I have. I didn't know you had that many ribs, but 18 broken ribs, broken arm. Uh, her spleen is ruptured. Her liver's torn up. Her head has a cut on it, broken arm, and an ICU. So we need. her name is Jennifer, and we need to pray for her, and we need to pray for what's happening in Ukraine. Pray for this country. Terry, would you lead us, please? Amen.
1: Let's pray together. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us to this place today. We thank you for the rain overnight, yes. Lord. We just thank you for the way it wakes up the earth here in Southern California. Yes. It makes everything green and fresh and Lord, would you just rain on us today? Mm -hmm. Would you refresh us? Would you wake us up if we're dead? Lord, would you bring our church to a place where we can influence our community and our city? We pray for this uh, young lady, Jennifer, Lord, today in the car accident. Most of us know little about that, what she's going through, what her family's feeling. Mm. But Lord, we pray for Jennifer. We pray for the doctors. We pray for her family. God, bring healing. Lord, whatever she needs from you, whatever miracles you can kick off the miracle shelf of heaven, Lord, send it to Jennifer right now in the hospital. Mm. God, you know, this world is a mess. Ukraine is uh, at war with Russia, Lord, and we don't know how that's going to come out, but Lord, we pray for your glory there. We pray for your intervention there. Yes. Most of all, we pray for believers in that land, many of them going underground, many of them hiding. Many of them afraid, and yet there's a boldness that's sweeping through that land of men and women and young people who are going to take their stand for you. So, Lord, just be with the people of Ukraine and uh, and America, Lord. Help us to know what our place is yes. in all of that. Yes. And then, Lord, we pray for Pastor Jim today as he brings the message. Thank you for his leadership in our church. And, Lord, we thank you for everyone that's come today, Lord, whatever hurt whatever hope we've come with today, may we receive it from you. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone it, said
0: Amen. Amen. Don't be seated yet. I, I, have, I have an urgent uh, notification here. It says, ask everyone to scooch in. So we looked up scooch, and it means to leave seats on the aisles, is I think what it means. So let's kind of scooch in a little bit, and then go ahead and have a seat. And I want to share with you what's going on today. First of all, if, Welcome to everyone in the building here and welcome to those who are watching by way of YouTube and watching by way of facebook we're so glad to have you here with us this is a connection card we call it there in the seat backs in front of you if you're a first time visitor or first time in a long time would you go ahead and take this and there's a pen should be a pen there also fill this out and if you have prayer requests back you can place for you can put it there if you have questions about a church you want to know about being a member we do have a new membership class today and you're invited if you would like to. I think we have 20 people that are signed up right now. But if you want to come, uh, we'll make room at the table for you. We'll have lunch, and then we'll have the class. And you can decide whether you want to be a member or not. So, uh, but the, the questions, other th- questions you might have, you can ask those, uh, special prayer requests, whatever. And then once you get these filled out, give them to us. Or in the very back to the left of the double doors as you go out uh, later on today, There's a box with the cross on top, and just go ahead and put your connection card in there, and we'll have a record of your visit. We're so appreciative every time God sends us uh, visitors. So, uh, Ryan, you're going to have lunch for the guys and gals, right next door from military. But patio. patio. Oh, okay. So, (laughs) So on the church patio, right after church, it'll be right out there. Good. Okay, and you've got something else to to take care of. Go ahead and do that right now.
1: morning, everybody. All right. Can I call Will Nix up here real quick? I'm going to embarrass you for a second. So uh, Will's one of the sailors that's, um, that we got to meet uh, within the last few months, and he's been coming around the Bible studies and church and ministry stuff and been an awesome guy to be around. So anyways, he decided to follow the Lord in Believer's Baptism a couple weeks ago, so here's a certificate for
0: him. You want to talk? No. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. All right. Well, I did. Uh, did you have to twist his arm? Uh,
1: yeah, that's why he's wearing a sling.
0: Yeah. Watch out, guys and gals. If uh, Ryan, we'll get you under the water. So, all right. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Financial Peace University. For those who are part of that class, check out our bulletin for several other Bible studies held throughout the week. Next Sunday, you, you want to be here for this message, I hope. The war we, we must all fight. The war we must all fight. I, I know you may be a pacifist. You may be a conscientious objector. You may be, I don't want anything to do with fighting. But uh, there's a battle that we all have, and it's, it goes on all the time. So we're going to kind of touch that uh, a little bit this morning in the message, but we'll develop it more fully, the Lord willing. Next week, it's actually Jehovah Nisi Part 2. We're in a, for those who are visiting, we're in a study on the names of God. We start out with Elohim. That's the first name of God revealed in the word of God in Genesis chapter 1, the fourth word. Uh, In the beginning, God created. That's Elohim created, the omnipotent God, the the uh, origin of everything that is. He created from nothing everything that is. And then we went to Jehovah God, which is the covenant name of God and and our personal relationship uh, that God wanted to have with all of his creation. And so he revealed himself as Jehovah or Yahovah, or the four uh, consonants, unpronounceable name of God. And that is that personal relationship, that covenantal relationship, that's God seeking us out. And then we talked about Adonai, which is the Lord or Master, and we are our slaves. We become bondservants, which is a slave to the Lord Jesus Christ. And for those who would object to being a slave, you are already a slave. You are either a slave to your sin or you're a slave to Almighty God. You pick. You pick your poison. And it's not poison to be a slave of Almighty God, I promise you. And then we talked about Jehovah Jireh or Jehovah Yireh, uh, as some translations have it, and how the God will provide. He provided a sacrifice on the cross so that Isaac uh, was spared, his life was spared, because of the substitutionary death of that ram that God provided. And then we talked about Jehovah Rapha, and you had a super. Testimony today about that God heals, God is the God who heals. look, I believe in in surgeons, I believe in medicines, I believe in doctors uh, sort of <laughs> I, I promise i won 't get political i got I got chastised a little bit last week for being well anyhow. Uh, <laughs> I believe in medicine. It's okay. God's the one who created our bodies in such a way that uh, a, a doctor can study and can, can go through a human anatomy and physiology course. And then uh, later on, he can cut exactly where the book said to cut and move the muscle away just exactly the way that it said to move the muscle. And there'll be a nerve right there. Because God is not the author of confusion. God is the God of creation and order and systems and so on And so it's God who gave the doctors the ability. So anytime there's any healing. It's God who does the healing You know, you'll get over your arm being twisted almost off there. I promise you you will Uh, Because what happens is you know, the surgeons can make the cuts and remove things and try to fix things But how do those cells knit back together? God created within our bodies the ability for them to knit back together, bones to heal, and actually become stronger at that point of break than they were before the break. And so uh, Jehovah Rapha is, is the God who heals. Today is Jehovah Nisi, uh, God, Jehovah, our banner. So we'll talk about that. And it may not be what you thought it was all these years. One further thing, please bring your Easter candy to church. Uh, go buy bags and bags of this super chocolate chocolate sweet junk and bring it and the kids will love you for it when we have our Easter egg hunt uh, after services on Easter Sunday. So seriously, any, any uh, of the individually wrapped candies that you can buy, we would appreciate it. Just drop them off here and we'll uh, have them put together in little plastic eggs for that specific day. Let's stand together and we'll worship the Lord in song. Thank you praise team we appreciate it very much thank you for leading us you may be seated in the auditorium and in a little while i'll be in the book of exodus chapter 17 for our next name of god study but before that i'm going to ask all the boys and girls to come right on up here to the front i want to teach you a little lesson hopefully one that'll, something you'll remember, so all the boys and girls come right on up. On Easter Sunday, I want to encourage you, I want to remind you, on Easter Sunday, we're going to have all the boys and girls go to their classes right at the beginning, because that'll free up some seats in here, uh, and we're anticipating an absolutely overflow crowd, which we're thankful for, uh, but that'll help us out. So we may need some additional teachers and helpers on that, that uh, Sunday, and um, that'll give us some freed up seats in here to have the classes started. Okay, boys and girls, how many of you know the difference between true and false? How, what's the difference between them? Um, one, tells the truth and the other one of them tells the truth and the other doesn't. Have you guys ever taken a quiz where you have to put a T or a F by it? How many of you have done that? That's Sometimes quizzes like that, they'll do that. Okay, and the T stands for what? True, true and the F stands for false, and so here we have this, this false, and there are a lot of times that we as people, unfortunately, because we're not always truthful, sometimes we lie, and when we lie, we're being false, and so the, the, the F here is painted all black because it kind of, it's an evil thing, it's a sinful thing to be a liar, and so what do we do about that? Well, we take the scissors, watch this, boink. We cut that like that and what we have is the letter I that stands for us, right? And what we do is we put it on the cross and when we put ourselves on the cross in the person of Jesus, we become white as snow. Our sins become white as snow. They were red like crimson, they become white as snow. So God forgives us for our sinfulness. God forgives us for being false. God forgives us for telling lies, but he forgives us so that we can tell the truth from that point on. So it's important that we all tell the truth. You ready to tell the truth? No, not yet. (laughs) That's as honest as you can get right there, I'll tell you. Well, think about it and pray about it, and and I hope that you all will tell. always be truthful with your mom and dad, always be truthful with the police, always be truthful with your preacher, always be truthful with uh, your friends. God will bless you for it. Let's pray. Father, we ask you to bless these young people, Lord, this young man, these young ladies, and Lord, we pray that you would guide them in all truth, that you would lead them to speak only the truth. Lord, you've told us to stop telling lies and to let us tell our neighbors the truth. So, Father, help us to be that way. I think sometimes, God, we're, we're guilty of lying by misrepresenting things, and maybe we didn't specifically tell a lie, but we misrepresent something. So, Lord, help us as adults and as kids to be faithful to you, we pray in Jesus' name. And all the kids said. Love you guys. God bless you. Go to your classes and middle school, meets on the patio. Middle school, go ahead and go, 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade, ninth grade, out on the patio. And let's turn the microphone down just a hair. I've got a little tiny bit of a ring every once in a while. All right. In Exodus chapter 17, now we're going to kind of, um, I'm going to make several references real quickly here, so follow along with me. <clears throat> Exodus 7:15, 7, 17:15. 15, 15, Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Nisi. But that, what happened prior to that? That makes that make sense. Uh, this happened a few weeks after Mara. You remember Mara? They came to the Mara. Uh, the place of Mara, which were bitter waters, and they couldn 't drink because the waters were bitter, perhaps even poisonous, and so God took a tree and cast the tree into the uh, waters of Mara, and the bitter became sweet uh, and so Jehovah Rophe is the God who heals he healed the waters, and he is the only remedy. For bitterness and sin that so easily besets us. God can make that which is bitter sweet again. The tree at morrow was a type of the tree upon which our Savior was crucified. And so He was He was on that tree. He died for our sins, He paid the price for our sins, and He can make us sweet. By, be, by our becoming uh, saved and born again and trusting in him. So after Mara, then they went to Elam. And, and I'll back up a little bit. In Exodus 15, 27, they came to Elam where there were 12 wells of water and three score and 10 palm trees. That's uh, 70 palm trees. That's, that's more than 29 palms has. That's, that's a whole bunch. <laughs> and, and if you've ever been out in the desert, it's so funny. We went to Arizona this last week. And anytime I'm in Arizona... And I, we're going to a store somewhere, whatever. I always look for a, a place that has shade, you know, because it's always hot over there, and and it's pitiful. I'll find a little one little branch that you know sticks out and throws, and I'll say uh, if I get the car right <laughs> there, I'll get the maximum amount of shade. Well, <clears throat> here they had complained and griped and murmured about the bitter waters, and just next place they stopped had twelve wells of water, kind of one for each tribe, right. And they had 70 palm trees to be able to camp by and to be able to stand under the shade of that. So Elam was a place of refreshment and rest. From there, they went to the wilderness of sin. In Exodus 16, verses 1 through 4, they took their journey from Elam, which means palms, by the way. And all the congregation of the children of Israel went into the wilderness of sin, which I thought for years well, meant they went to a place where they were going to do bad things or whatever. You know, that's the wilderness of sin. It's not what it means. Uh, sin here, the, the Hebrew means thorn or uh, clay. It was not a rebellious act of uh, against God. It was rather uh, just a, a place that was, uh, you know, thorny and clay and all that. And so they, they went to this place and um, you know, the wilderness of sin between evil. And Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt, and the whole congregation of Israel, uh, the children of Israel, guess what? Murmured again. Okay, you see a pattern here already? They get just barely out of Egypt, and they're murmuring and griping and complaining. God does all kinds of miracles. We're going to talk about those again in a minute. And, and then they, they murmur and complain and gripe again, and then they murmur and complain and gripe again. And they were murmuring this time against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, verse 3. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. What? That's not what you were saying just a little while ago. That's not what you are saying. God, deliver us. God, get us out of this. We don't want to die in this pagan land. But here now they say, oh, I wish we'd have just died in Egypt. We had the flesh pots there, and we could eat bread to the full. We had our bread. We had our hot dogs. We had our hamburgers. We were were ready to go. Uh, Onion rings and all of that. We were were good. Cheddar, you know, fried cheddar cheese. I don't know. We had it all. And here you brought us out in this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. So in this wilderness, they murmured again, and and they longed for the food that was in abundance in Egypt. And so God says, I'll tell you what, I'll rain bread from heaven upon you. Uh, And think about that. Think about that for a minute. Some estimates are there were a million and a half Jews That were, plus their their cattle and, and, and stock and so on. And they're out in this wilderness where nothing else much was growing. And God says, I'm going to give you bread every day, it's going to come out of heaven. Now, that, folks, is what you call a bona fide miracle. That's just an absolute miracle. So this bread fell from heaven. Now they said, well, we, we missed the flesh, too. We had, you know, roast beef. We had, uh, you know, fried chicken. They were good Baptist Jews. And uh, so they had red fried chicken. And, uh, we, man, we loved So he said, I'll tell you what, I, I fill the land with quail. And he did. They brought quail in. Uh, and so they ate bread from heaven. They didn't have to bake it. They didn't have to mix it up. They didn't have to find the ingredients for it. They just went out and gathered it every day uh, as God gave them direction twice as much before the Sabbath so that they wouldn't have to work on the Sabbath. A miraculous provision of food for a huge number of people for a long period of time. And even uh, the quail. Next they came to Rephidim. And there there was no water at all. Now, the water at Marah was bitter, but in Rephidim, there was no water at all. That's where we are in Exodus 17, verse 1. And all the ch- congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeyings according to the commandment of the Lord, and they pitched in Rephidim. Rephidim means a resting place, and there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people did, guess what? Chide with Moses. They griped again, and they said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, Why chide you with me? Wherefore do you tempt the Lord? And then God said in Exodus seventeen six, Thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. So, I mean, this is an amazing thing. I, I, I found a, there were a lot of supposed pictures, uh, you know, kind of portraying the, the act. But again, can I, can I talk to you about the fact that, that this is a huge number of people million and a half people and their stock and and when Moses smote the rod with the rod of God uh, water was out in abundance that satisfied all the necessity of this huge group of people so we can go as we mentioned last week many days without food some of us can go a lot more days than others of you can go without food because we have what's called storage we have we have storage units that we have built up on our anatomy and so we can last longer so you skinny people if there's ever a famine uh you know uh yeah i'm sorry about that uh so we can go a lot a long time without food but we have to have water some say that within three or four days of not having water you, can have, you start having delirium, and, and delirium sets in, and then you go mad, and there's all kinds of problems that come because of dehydration. So, so what happened here is they lacked faith in Moses. Oh, wait a minute. They also lacked faith in God. And they forgot about the victories over Pharaoh and the victories uh, with the plagues and the victories in the Red Sea and the fact that Pharaoh's army was drowned. They forgot about that again. They forgot about the bitter waters that were made sweet not too many days before this. They forgot about the supernatural throwing uh, of the tree into the bitter waters, and the the waters made sweet. They ignored the manna and the quail. I mean, I'm telling you, you just go out, and you gather up, and and there's all kinds of ideas about what manna really was, a sweet kind of a coriander type, I don't know, some kind of little, I like to think of them as like Hawaiian, that Hawaiian bread that's real sweet. I don't know. Or, or. or that pan bread that's, uh, you know, in Mexico, whatever. I mean, but it was good stuff, and it just was there for them. They didn't have to do anything but go out and pick it up, and they forgot all about that. They forgot about the quails that Supernatural came in and covered the ground so that they could have meat to eat. They forgot about every bit of that, and they questioned the goodness and the presence of Almighty God. So what are you going through right now? I mean, think about it. What are you going through right now? Has God delivered you in the past? If he hadn't, you wouldn't be here. Can God deliver you in the present? Absolutely. Will he deliver you in the future? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. What are you going through right now? Don't forget about the past blessings and the promises of almighty God, his presence, even water from the rock. Even water from the rock didn't impress them very long. It's amazing. I mean, all the, one miracle after another. The rock was a type of Christ smitten for our transgressions that we might live. First Corinthians ten four, And they did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. It's amazing how we can forget the blessings of God and complain and gripe because we have a test of our faith today. So what comes next is what prompted God to reveal himself as Jehovah Nisi. I started out with, uh, in just a few moments ago, Jehovah, my banner. And, and this is what prompted it in Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. The enemy, Amalek. Now who were the Amalekites? The Amalekites descended from Amalek. The descendants of Amalek was he was a grandson rather of esau yeah i mean this is family pretty much and and he's a grand grandson of esau direct descendants of isaac and they were the first enemies of israel when they got delivered from uh slavery and they were the perpetual enemies of israel when they got delivered from slavery, after they were in the land even for a while. In Deuteronomy 25, for example, verse 17, never forget what the Amalekites did to you as you came from Egypt, they attacked you when you were exhausted and weary. That was at Rephidim, right? No water at Rephidim until the rock was struck. And, and so they attacked you when you were exhausted and weary and struck down those who were straggling behind. They had no fear of God. Therefore, when the Lord your God has given you rest from all your enemies in the land he is giving you as a special possession, listen to this, listen well, you must destroy the Amalekites and erase their memory from under heaven. Never forget this, he says. Now, we're treading on ground where some people, by their own human logic, decide not to believe in God, or at least not in the Old Testament God, which I got news for you. The God of the Old Testament is also the God of the New Testament. But this, I'm just, and I I understand to an extent, in Exodus chapter 17, verse 14, following after the victory... The Lord instructed Moses, write this down as a scroll, as a permanent reminder, and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi. That's where where the the name comes from, which means the Lord is my banner. He said they have raised their fist against the Lord's throne, so now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation, an ongoing thing. So herein lies a truth that my finite mind cannot understand and it's unable to grasp i believe in the just war theory i believe there are wars that are just i believe there are wars that are unjust Uh, world war ii for the united states was a just war we tried to stay out of it correct We tried to be neutral, which, by the way, there are times being neutral is not the best thing to do. But anyway, that's what we tried to do until we were attacked. And when we were attacked, war was declared upon us by two nations, three nations actually, Japan, Germany, Italy. And so that was a just war. We were fighting uh, for uh, our preservation. We were fighting for our country, we were fighting for freedom. There are unjust wars. In my opinion, the Russian invasion of Ukraine is an unjust war. There was no provocation, of which I'm aware, and they just decided they wanted to annex Ukraine, and so they're indiscriminately firing missiles and rockets on civilian populations. Okay. Okay. But now I want to take you to the part that my brain is not able to assimilate and understand. Doesn't mean it's not true, doesn't mean it's not righteous. I just don't understand. God instructed Israel to eliminate whole nations men, women, children. I've heard the arguments. Why I've studied it. I've tried. I've researched this. Uh, and and the, the people were irre- irrevocably immersed in idolatry. Were morally bankrupt. There was no hope for them. That's one idea. Israel was a theocracy and was carrying out God's judgment on the people. It was Israel was God's instrument uh, to be able to uh, annihilate a people that were in total rebellion against Him. That's one explanation. The children under age uh, of accountability were far better off being uh, slain in their youth because. They then that would mean they would go to heaven forever instead of growing up in a pagan culture that was completely anti-God. Leaving the enemies alive would result in future retribution. Uh, Old Testament God versus New Testament God. I, I, I know these theories. I know these ideas. But here's what I do know. I don't understand the command to go in and kill all of the men, women, and children, including little babies. I don't understand that. But I know something, and I know that God is a just God. And I know that God is a righteous God. And I know that one day I'll be able to understand and and, and it'll fit together. And and I'll understand that, that God in his justice and holiness and in his love made it all work out. But right now I believe it and I have to believe it only by faith. There's a lot about Christian life that you have to just believe by faith. We can we can read and understand and know that someone named Jesus the Christ was crucified in in uh, in Jeru- outside the gates of Jerusalem about two thousand and twenty some years ago. We can that's an established historic fact written by not just Christian authors, non-Christian authors, Jewish authors, other historians, Roman historians and so on but it takes the faith to say that Jesus Christ was the redeemer was the savior was the one who became my substitute on that cross and died for my sins so that I could have everlasting life by putting my faith and trust in him so I don't understand it all but God nonetheless ordered the Amalekites eliminated interesting things here Centuries later, Saul was told once again to utterly destroy the Amalekites because they had not been destroyed. He said, destroy all the Amalekites and all of their possessions. And then in 1 Samuel 15, 3, now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all they have. Spare them not. Slay both man, woman, infant, and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Do you know that, you know the story. You know that he spared Amalek initially and he spared some of the some of the stock some of the animals and so on and first samuel 15 26 and 28 it actually his failure to destroy amalek led to saul's own death did you know that i didn't know that till i studied for this sermon in 1 Samuel 15:26, and Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return unto you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned to go, he laid hold on the skirt of his mantle, and it rent. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord has rent the kingdom of Israel from you this day, and given it to your neighbour of yours, who is better than you. And so, in an ironic twist, the kingdom was taken away from Saul because he didn't destroy Amalek. And as Saul lay later on, mortally wounded in Mount Gil- Boah he called upon a young man to kill him so he wouldn't fall in the hands of his enemies and the young man was an Amalekite So one of the people who were supposed to be destroyed were the ones who actually killed him in the end Finally King Hezekiah carried out the annihilation of the Amalekites in 1st Chronicles 4:43 and for his obedience Hezekiah was given 15 more years of life another twist of irony It was 1,000 years after Moses, Haman was almost successful in having all of the Jews destroyed throughout the land of Persia. Oh, guess who Haman was related to? He was a descendant of King Agag, whom Saul, in the presumptuous act of foolishness, sought to spare. But here in our text, the Amalekites initiate a war with Israel. Israel faced the Amalekites with calmness and with order, because Joshua would lead them. Joshua means Jehovah's salvation. So Joshua was going to lead them. He was a man who was proven, a man of courage, a man of, of, of stature. He, along with Caleb, were the only two to bring back good reports of, of the spying out the land initially. The other ten said, We can't go in there. We can't do it. We can't do what God has told us to do. By the way, you can always do what God has told you to do if you'll be obedient. And Moses would oversee this battle. So Moses ordered Joshua muster the troops. They muster the troops. And, and no doubt the Amalekites are thinking these are just newly released, released slaves. They're, 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 they're sheep herders. They're goat herders. Maybe they're farmers, some of them were builders and building the pyramids and so on, but, but they're, they're just slaves and they're ill-equipped and they'll be easy prey, and let's attack them now because if we don't get them now, then we'll have to get them later. They did not know the power that lay behind the nation of Israel. And Moses lifted up his hands in worship and intercession, perhaps, but when he lifted up his hands, what else did he lift up? The rod the rod, the God-given rod, the miracle-working rod, the rod used in the plagues of Egypt, the rod used to split that rock in the desert place, the rod that caused the Red Sea to go from one side to the other and leave a dry path for Israel, the rod of, oh, by the way, the rod of God, which, which, which name for God was used? The rod of God. It was the rod of Elohim, the all-powerful, omnipotent God. Exodus 17, 9, Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us, choose us out, men, and go fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill with the rod of Elohim in my hand. And the Amalekites' real enemy, true opponent, was not Israel, but was Almighty God, Omnipotent Creator God, the Sustainer God, the only true God. And the rod of God was the banner. Now we think of banners as being flags, or I, I do think of some kind of fabric or whatever with the colors of the nations or or whatever. But but this it, it really means pole or ensign or standard and sometimes it was a pole with, uh, with something shiny or bright uh, some kind of ornament on the, on the top of it but whatever it is, this rod that Moses had that was from God, he would raise it up and when he would raise it up, Israel would prevail and when his arms would grow weary and he'd let it down, Amalek prevailed and so Aaron and Hur came alongside Moses and kept his hands up sometimes we need other people don't we? to come alongside of us and be there for us and help us out the uplifted rod meant victory and deliverance Exodus 17 11, it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed and when he let down his hand Amalek prevailed but Moses hands were heavy they took a stone put it under him and he sat thereon. and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands the one on the one side the one on the other side his hands were steady until the going down of the sun I wonder if his arms went to sleep. Wow. But Aaron and her are keeping them up. Israel is our example because Israel's physical battles were analogies of the spiritual battles we go through. Amalek represents the forces that are anti-God, anti-Christ in this world. We should not be surprised that even our own government and our government leaders many times have a spirit of antichrist in some of the positions they take, some of the laws that they make. We should not be surprised. Exodus 7, 16 may be translated, for there is a hand upon or against the throne of Jehovah. Jehovah will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. So there's this hand upon them, and there's this hand upon us. It's called the world. All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father. It's of this world. And, and John said, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies in wit- wickedness. So we fight a fight every single day. Some people fought a fight about not being in church today. Some people will fight a fight later on of either honoring Christ or not honoring Christ. Some some people will uh, 'll we'll fight a fight in the morning when they get to work and 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 begin doing whatever it is they do, but without regard to what God would have them to do israel's a type of and their battles are a type, and their murmuring is a type of our murmuring their chiding a type of our chiding their 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 lack of remembrance of the deliverance of Almighty God, like our lack of remembrance they, they were flesh and blood people like you are, but like you and I are but we may not have a physical war. We may not don our armor and put a, take a sword in our hand or a gun in our hands and go fight a physical, literal battle, but I will guarantee you we will fight battles tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. Israel had been redeemed from slavery, baptized in the cloud and the sea. They had partaken of the heavenly food, the heavenly manna. They had drunk from the rock who was Christ are you a newborn Christian you just recently been saved just recently received Christ as your Lord and your master or have you been saved a long time it makes no difference which one you have a target on your back and Satan's real and he's our adversary and he'll follow you and he'll stalk you and he'll wait for your weakest moment and he will pounce and he's had thousands of years of experience in knowing when you're vulnerable Satan will seek you out you must be prepared with the armor of God armor of God not your armor, not my armor it wasn't Saul's armor that David wore to go take on the giant it was God protecting him and we need him to protect us so when you leave this place even before you leave this place fight the good fight with the power of the omnipotent God Jehovah Nisi his banner over us would you bow your heads please our father we bow in your presence in this place this holy place it's a holy place only because You're the master, you're the Lord, you're the king. It's just a building unless you inhabit this place. So Father, we ask you to be here in great power. We ask your Holy Spirit to to walk into the hearts and lives of every person here today. To show us that we are in a battle. To let us know that our weaponry should not be that of human strength. Or human understanding. But it's divine understanding that we need. Divine provision that we need. So Lord, for those who may be here not Christians, not saved, not born again, not living for you, not right with you, not walking with you right now. May today be the day that you set your church on fire. That you bring us into the fold and cause us, Lord to let you fight the battle using your armor and not ours. Father, forgive us where we failed you. Bless us, we pray. With every head bowed, if you're here this morning, you're not sure you're a Christian, you're not sure you're saved, you're not sure you're rocking with God, you're not sure you're right with God, would you turn everything over? Would you give it all to him? Just turn everything over to him. If you are not saved today can be the most important day of your eternal life because today you can say Lord I'm a sinner I know I'm going to die but I believe that Christ died for me and I want him to be my Lord and Savior if that's your desire pray that right now pray something like this dear God I know I'm a sinner I know I'm going to die and stand before you one day I believe Jesus is your son I believe he died for me on the cross best I know how. I put my faith totally in him right now for my salvation. You have said, whosoever shall call upon my name shall be saved. Father, I call upon your name. Save me right now with every head bowed. If you just prayed that minute with all your heart, would you raise your hand up real high? Hold it up real high. God bless you. God bless you. Other, others besides these. Anyone else? How many would say, preacher, I'm fighting a battle. I know I'm in the middle of a battle. And I just need to trust you, Lord. I need to trust you to work things out. So God, help me to trust you. Remembering you've delivered me before, help me today. If that's your prayer, would you raise your hand up? Hold it up real high. God bless you. God bless you. Our Father in heaven, I'm so grateful for your love for us, your mercy and your grace, your provision. I'm thankful that Israel was an example that we can see how she was delivered when she trusted you and how we can be delivered when we trust you and not trust our own ability to do what needs to be done. Father, forgive us where we failed you and bless us today in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. Would you stand? And as we stand together, <clears throat> we're gonna play a verse, <clears throat> sing a verse of the invitation hymn. If you'd like to come receive Christ your savior, then you come ahead. If you did so and you'd like to just share that with me, that would be wonderful. I'll be right down here to meet you. Uh, whatever you need. If you need prayer, if you need encouragement, if you need help, you want to be a member, you want to be a, a baptized, you want to be saved, come ahead as we sing right now. The
2: music
0: fades. you're trusting the lord for your eternal salvation huh i'll tell you what this is a, if ever there's been a day and age uh i in in my generation i get there have been other times when the world's been upside down and backwards I, I grew up in the cold war era where you learned to crawl under your desk in case you got hit with a nuclear bomb It wasn't even a metal desk, you know, it was Formica. It's like, uh, okay. Uh, but you know what? God is in control. He may come back today. Wouldn't that be great? That'd be super after lunch. <laughs> Thank you for being in God's house today. May God bless you richly. New member class will start in just about five or ten minutes. We're going to set up some tables down here. So uh, if you'd like to stay for that, we'd invite you to do so. May God bless you. Have a great rest of the Lord's Day.